words simply say, I love you, Lord, more than anything. I love you more than riches and gold, more than fame and fortune, more than anything that this world could ever offer me. And, and when you get to that place in your life, when you get to that place of simply saying, God, my name means nothing without you being attached to me. My my, my riches mean nothing without you being attached to me. My, my life means nothing without you being attached to me. And in response and in turn, we just thank you. We just thank you. I, I dare somebody just lift up your hands real quick and just give God a wave offering that simply says, God, enough in my life. God, you've done more than I could have ever imagined. God, you've been a way maker. God, you've been a sustainer. God, you've been a keeper. God, you've been my all in all. And I'm simply offering you back just a small portion of what you've given to me. I will not be distracted. 
but I will hear what thus saith the Lord. And as a result of what I hear today, I'm going to leave here. Somebody declare, I'm going to leave here better than I came. Somebody prophetically declare, I'm going to leave here better than I came. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. And if you have your Bibles, if you can open up to Hebrews 11, the seven, looking at the 7th through the 12th verse, reading from the New King James Version. And it simply reads as this. I'm not going to hold us too long. But it simply reads as this. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. And by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in a land of promise and as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him, as God, as, as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in the multitude, innumerable as they stand by which the seashore, uh, by which the seashore was there. And there's, God's word is already blessed and there is no need, but we thank God for his word. And today I simply want to deal with this theme and this topic and this understanding that we're praying by faith, that we're praying by faith in this time that we've been dealing with this series called The Prayer Shift. I want to give you a quick recap of it and really make sure that you remember I'm not going to hold us too long on today. But this word prayer, the acronym that we talked about, the first thing that we said that the P stood for our petitions to God, our prayers to God, our talking to God, and our communicating to God. The R stood for the response that we're waiting to hear from God. And once we hear his response, we simply have to begin to adjust our lifestyle according to what he said, adjust our mindset based upon what he's declared and told us in our prayer. Not only that, then we have to yearn to hear from him more and more in our life. And not only that, then we must, we want to uh, expect eternity with him. Somebody say expect. And once we expect eternity with him, then we, we're in a continuous mindset of prayer. So we're repeating this over and over again. And then when we looked at shift, we said shift, the S meant strategic sovereignty of God. In our prayers, we have to be strategic so that God can be sovereign over our life. Amen. And then we looked at the H and that was humble, uh, honor, and humility, deciding how we have to pray. And when we talk to God, we talk to him him humbly. We come to before the throne of grace as humble as we can. We show him honor and then we respond and act 
in humility about what he's telling us. Then the I stood for intention and intentional. We have to make sure our intentions with our prayers are, are right, making sure that we're not uh, going before the throne of grace with selfish motives, for motives that, that mean nothing uh, to what the will of God is, the purpose of God is, or the plan of God is for our life. Not only that, our prayers have to be intentional, meaning whatever we're asking God for, we're going to him with direct, uh, we're going to him with direct answers or direct responses based upon the word he said over our life. So now when we got to the F, and this F is a major part, major portion of this whole dynamic. We talked first about forgiveness and how you have to forgive others so that God can forgive you because your prayers are hindered when you do not ask for forgiveness, when you do not forgive others that have offended you. Your prayers, the Bible said that your prayers will only reach the ceiling if there, if there is an ought that you have with someone else or that they have with you that has not been forgiven. And then we jumped into this major portion about this and that's dealing with faith. Last week we started this topic in dealing with this, uh, this, this letter and shift of faith and understanding that by faith the Bible tells us a lot of things and, and how we maneuver, maneuver and operate. So last week we understood that faith was the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen and by faith the worlds were formed by faith uh, came, uh, Abel offered up a more uh, more black more sat more beneficial sacrifice than Abel uh, correction uh, Abel offered up a more beneficial sacrifice than Cain. We, we understood that. And so now we got to continue to break down faith and prayer because I've become intrigued with our text for today. Why, you may ask, because so far we've already established what faith is, but to see the old patriarchs of the Bible display such faith puts a question as to how we progressive, as progressive as we are, generally operate with tainted faith. We generally operate thinking what we can do with our hands outweigh what God can do, outweigh what the invisible can do, outweigh what he said that he would do in our lives. So oftentimes we see simply operate with a tainted faith. We simply say, God, if you're doing it, God, then, 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 then I don't have to do it. But if I can do it, God, then you just lay back and let me do it on my own. Romans 12 and 3 says this, for I say through the, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to him each a measure of faith. And when we're dealing with that and understanding that no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter your background, no matter what you've done in life, God gave you a measure of faith when you were born. And, but it, the, the problem is what we put our faith into, what we do with our faith, how we operate our faith. We put faith in things. We put faith in man. We put faith in uh, resources. We put faith in all these other things instead of putting it into the source of our life. So, so what is faith? Simply put, the faith is the belief in something that has yet to occur or manifest, yet to occur or manifest. We also understand uh, that as Christians, according to verse 6, that it is impossible to please God and that we must come to him believing that guess what? He is 
Who is he to you in you in your in your life? Who is God to you in your life? Some might say he's a waymaker. Do I have anybody that can declare that he's been a waymaker in my life? That he's provided for me between dangers seen and unseen. That he's been a promise keeper in our life. That he's never failed you. He's never let you down. He's never stopped working on your behalf. He's always opening up doors that you need. He's always making a way when you need because he said I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said I'll be your Jehovah Jireh. He said I will be your God and you will be my people. How many people can declare that he's a load bearer? That when things get rough in your life that God is simply saying I'll take it from here. I'll, I'll lift up the load because I know that, I'll ne that I told you I'll never put more on you than you can bear. How many people can declare that he's been a load bearer this past eight months when, when you've gone through this pandemic he's been a load bearer with your finances. He's been a load bearer with your resources. He's been a load bearer when you had no food. He's been a load bearer when your rent needed to be paid. Somebody declare he's been my load bearer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not only that, some might say that he is a healer. Anybody ever been healed by the hand of God, by the blood of Jesus? Has he been your healer? Has he been your, 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 the person that reached down and touched you when your body was sick or when your mind was sick or when your heart was broken? Has he been a healer that has brought you out of your situation? See, you have to come to him believing by faith that he is. Somebody declare he is. He, he is all that to me. He is not only that, but he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And because he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, our mindset and our mind should be that I'm continuously pressing on towards my high mark, to, towards the mark of my high calling. I should be continuously moving and operating and doing the things that he's called me to be. Because if I diligently seek him, then all those things I just said, he'll be unto me. So in your good times, I need you to seek God. In your bad times, I need you to seek him. When you don't feel like that you have uh, have anything inside of you, that I still need you to seek after him. Somebody needs to understand, but your faith to seek him develops a relationship of God and child. If you continuously seek him, if you continuously chase after him, if you continuously follow his plan of action for your life, it, it develops a relationship that puts you in personal time with God. He, he said, I'll come into your prayers. I'll come into your situation. I'll come in and be your God. But somebody needs to know that you got to diligently seek him. See, 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 this morning or this afternoon, we're going to deal with this topic of faithful prayers on today. See, your faithful prayers will have you operating in ways others will think is totally crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I need some people real quick that know that what they asking God for in, in private, that if somebody knew, they would try to lock you up in a crazy bin. They try to put you in a straitjacket. But do I have anybody who's crazy enough by faith that's believing for some radical stuff in their life? That's crazy by faith to believe that God is getting ready to turn it around on your behalf. That, that's doing something amazing because your faith in prayer has to be faithful to God. But it has to also understand that if I have some crazy faith people listening, just know that God, God is releasing supernatural information and provisions are reserved for those who righteously and faithfully seek after him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm preaching this thing today. I, 
I, I, I told y'all that, that, that I gotta, I, I, I'm trying to make sure that that somebody gets hold of this on today, that your that the provisions of God, the supernatural information that, that you're asking God to release to you comes through prayer. Prayer, the, the, the faithful prayer of the saints, the faithful prayer of those who are diligently seeking him, the faithful prayer and, and the relationship with him releases supernatural information into the atmosphere. It releases provisions for you because praying by faith develops an ear to hear God's voice. Yeah, praying by faith allows you, uh, doesn't all, it, it allows you to sit there and it, and it doesn't always mean you're opening your mouth asking for something. Sometimes you're, you're being silent and simply waiting for God to speak shows more faith than saying a bunch of words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you got to get into a quiet place and say, God, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm waiting just to hear from you, God. Matter of fact, I'm not going nowhere till I talk to my daddy. I'm not going anywhere till you enter into this room. I'm not going anywhere, God, and I'm not going to ask for anything, but I just want your presence to come in. To operate by faith means that you have to close your eyes and simply say, God, I'm here. Somebody declare, God, I'm here. God, I, I'm not asking for anything but your presence and your voice right now. God, I'm here. I'm not asking for anything. I just want to know that my daddy loves me. God, I'm here. I'm not asking for anything. I just want to feel you comfort me. God, I'm here. And by faith, I know that you're speaking in the calmness of my recesses of my mind. God, I'm here. And I'm just simply saying, use me, God, the way that you see fit. God, you know what I'm going through. God, you know the things that I face. God, you know when I'm not right. God, you know when I'm wrong. But God, I'm going to get right here and I'm going to bow down and I'm going to worship you and I'm just going to stretch my hands and wait for you to talk. See, you got to understand that this is what grabs God's attention. How do I know? Because the Bible says that Solomon prayed from his heart and believed by faith and guess what? God answers. Yeah, his father David, we know was a worshiper. His father David was a prayer. The, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. So we see David constantly in prayer, in communion, in communication with God. And David prayed with a faithful heart, knowing that when his enemies came in, and when his enemies was coming and trying to attack, that his God was there and ready to stand up. When the Bible says in Psalms 91 that uh, I dwell in secret places of the most high and I abide under the shadows of the almighty. I will say of the Lord he is my strength and my refuge in him shall I trust. He goes on to say though a thousand shall fall at my right hand and ten thousand at my left it shall not come not thee. Only with my eyes shall I see the reward of the wicked. So God I'm standing here by faith. I'm reaching you by faith. Believing that God even when I'm in my bad days that you keeping my enemies from me. Even when I'm in my bad days you keep and a death angel away from me. By faith, I'm believing that God is answering my prayer. Somebody say prayerful faith. Prayerful faith. Prayerful faith. And, and God is answering his, his father. Prayed by faith and answered. And when God responds, it's with the divine purpose for your life. Let's, let's look at our text this evening. Verse number seven simply says this. Noah was labeled a righteous man prayed and when God decided enough was enough with man's wickedness, he found favor with Noah. Not only that, 
God was faithful to Noah and his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back to, we, we, we got to read verse number seven. I, I, I got to read verse number seven to you so that you would hear exactly what it said. It said, by faith Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear and prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heirs of righteousness, which is according to faith. Yeah, we, we, we see in this place that, that, that Noah uh, was a man that the Bible decried, this, described as being righteous. Yeah, he was righteous. He, he communed with God. He talked to God. And uh, the Bible says that he was laid with a righteous man. But, and, and, and Noah prayed. And, and, and when Noah prayed, he was doing something that other people were not doing in that time. Other people had forgotten about God. Other people had resorted to worshiping other gods. And other people were living in their wickedness. And they were condemning one another. And they were condemning Noah for being the man who he was. But, but the Bible says that when Noah prayed and, and when God decided that enough was enough with man's wickedness, he found favor in Noah. Not only that, God was faithful to Noah and his family. Yeah, God, God was faithful to Noah because Noah was faithful to him. Yeah, no, no, you ever been in a place in your life, uh, regardless of what everybody else is going through, that you learn to be faithful to God, regardless of what anybody else is telling you, regardless of those people saying, why are you serving that white eye, I mean that blue eye, uh, blonde head Jesus? Why, why you got to go through all that? But somebody needs to understand that God is not bound by color. Jesus was not bound by the color of man. And if you want to really get down to it, we can talk about the color of man that was over there in Jerusalem during that day because it wasn't a white man with blue eyes. But, but we, that's another topic for another day. But how many people can testify that the God you serve doesn't know you by the color of your skin? The God you serve knows by the faithfulness of your heart, whether you're white or whether you're black, whether you're Jew and Gentile, whether you're Greek and barbarian, whether you're bond or free. God knows you by the faithfulness of your heart. Somebody say, I gotta have a faithful heart. See, regardless of what the rest of the world was was doing, God was faithful in spite of. Guess what? He was in, he was faithful in spite of how it looked. Faithful in spite of how everyone else operates. Noah had a faithfulness to God, and God had a faithfulness towards him. Somebody say faithful prayers cause divine intervention. Faithful prayers cause divine intervention. Why? Because at that moment, God was ready to condemn the whole world and start all over. But the Bible says that he found one that was worthy, one that was righteous, one that still loved him, one that still stood right there and said, for God I live, for God I move, and God I have my being. There, there was one that still stood right there. I'm here to tell somebody right now that you gotta be that one, no matter how it looks in your world, no matter how it looks in your situation, no matter who you deal with on a daily basis, they may not trust God, but you gotta trust God. They may not believe in the salvation, but you gotta believe in salvation. They may not believe in the shed blood, but how many people you think after Noah closed up the doors to a boat that had never been built? How many people think that after Noah's after the rain started and people started running saying, let me in? How many people can declare that I want to be that one closing up the door because I stood by faith with God and my family was not on the outside and it's crazy that just because Noah had faith he 
saved his family. Amen. It didn't say what type of lifestyle his family lived. It just said the one that was at the head had faith. Yeah, that's for somebody's father right now. That, that was for some man right now trying to worry about what's going on in their life. God said, you are the head. And because you operate in faith, it changes the dynamic of your family. Because you operate by faith, it changes the course of your sons. It changes generate. It breaks generational curses. I'm not just talking about the man. Because it's some women that have had to step up and be the head of family. And God said, by faith, you had a praying grandmother. By faith, you had a praying mother. By faith, even though your child is locked up. But when you got down by faith and prayed, God said, I'm releasing and I'm breaking the shackles off of jail. Amen. Yeah, I'm breaking the shackles off of things. See, by faith, we, we, we understand that God will cause divine intervention. That's what happened. Everybody was supposed to die. But by faith, God said, I'm stepping in. Yeah, my, my, my word said I was going to take everybody out. But if my word is true, that, that they're just like with Abraham. When Abraham and Lot was there and then it was Sodom and Gomorrah, what did Abraham say to God? God, if it be one righteous there, would you save the city? God, if it be 50 righteous there, would you save the city? And God kept on honoring his promise to his friend. Why? Because Abraham had a relationship with God. Abraham could talk to God. Abraham was God's friend. The Bible said that he declared that I am a friend of God. And, and so now I, I need you to see this when we're dealing with Abraham because matter of fact, that's my next text real quick. By faith, Abraham understood this. And, and, and when we deal with Abraham and we deal with Abraham in this text, we, we, we got to realize that he said this. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And when he got out, not knowing where he was going, it says, by faith, he dwelt in a land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which had foundations, whose builders and maker is God. So now we see Abraham in this place of faithful prayer. We see Abraham living this life, that, that, that we understood that by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. Mm -hmm. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Once again, he said, by faith he dwelled in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling with tents with Isaac and with Jacob, the heirs of him, uh, with him of the same promise to for he waited for the city which he had foundations, whose builders and maker was God. See, not only that faith, but faithful prayer will cause you to move from comfort to promise. Yeah, I'm coming down a couple of y'all street real quick. I need somebody to go ahead and like that real quick. By faith, when you have faithful prayer, it will cause you to move from comfort to promise. What is comfort? Get this. It is the enemy of progress. Yeah, comfort is the enemy of progress. Comfort is the enemy of purpose. Yeah, comfort is the enemy, it is the, it is, is the brother of laziness. Yeah, comfort is, I'm, I'm going to say that again for somebody in the back. Comfort is the enemy of progress. Mm -hmm. Comfort is the enemy of purpose. And company is the brother of 
laziness. See, too often we rely on comfort more than faith. Comfort will uh, reason with you and say to you, why continue to set goals when you've already arrived? Yeah, com com comfort will tell you that that because you you got uh, 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 you got this accolade. Comfort will tell you because you got uh, a thousand followers on Facebook. Comfort will tell you that because you're an Instagram sensation. Comfort will tell you that that because you 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 sang a couple of great songs. Comfort will tell you because you uh you preach great for the preacher. Comfort will tell you that because you got the accolades from the church that that you can be satisfied with that and don't set them don't uh set your goals or, or don't uh expect to do anything greater in your life comfort will tell you that that yeah you've been stuck in that dead end job but there's no chance for you to go to advance or get better comfort will tell you that 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 those people that you're still around that have been arguing with you for the last 12 years they still they gonna stay right there and you don't need to leave them alone comfort will tell you that you gotta stay in the same dysfunction in your house comfort will tell you that nothing's gonna get better for you so why don't you just relax and get comfortable while you're here but because you gotta understand that comfort stops the progress of God you gotta understand that comfort stops the, the progress of uh, uh, the purpose that God has for you so you cannot be satisfied just because of man's promises uh, promise you promises you an inheritance yeah, we see Abram at the, he was Abram at the time before he became Abraham. You, you, you got to realize that Abraham's father uh, uh, had something that he set aside for his son. Too often times, to, yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself real quick, but too often times do we want the inheritance and not the progress. Too many times do we want the inheritance and not the promised land. Or oh, I just hit somebody real quick, real quick. You, you, you've been blessed with something and you're, you, yeah, I'm, I, I got to get back to this because I'm coming down somebody's street real quick. You have to have faith that when God says move, it's time to get up and go. You got to understand that your comfort can't hold you back when God is calling you forward. You'll miss the blessings of God because you want to lay in the bed and be comfortable. You'll miss the blessings of God because you don't want to get up an extra hour early, early to get to work and learn something that you've never learned. You'll miss the blessings of God because you won't go You won't go to a place in a region that you are not used to or comfortable with. You'll miss the blessings in the promised land of God because you want to remain in comfort. Comfort in denominations. Comfort in the type of people you hang around. Comfort in your finances when you don't want to learn better. Comfort in your education when you don't want to grow better. Comfort in the way that you deal with your husband. Comfort in the way that you deal with your spouse. Comfort in the way that you act in church. Comfort in just being who you normally be instead, instead of trying to operate by faith. Somebody say, I got to have faith. I got to have faith. I got to I gotta have faith. And I, I, I got to do something different. See, you got to stop confusing inheritance with a promised land experience. Yeah, just because it was left for you doesn't mean God ordained it, ordained you to live in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get ready to help somebody real quick. Get ready to set somebody free real quick. If God didn't call you to run the family business, don't destroy it just because it was left to you. Yeah. Just because everyone in your family was preachers doesn't mean that that's the promised land God has for you. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too often we, we, we think our promised land experience is wrapped up in what our family did. But can I talk to somebody real quick who's being a generational changer from their family? Your family was grew up with generational poverty, but you're coming out of that right now. Can I talk to somebody whose family who grew up with generational health issues, but God said, by my stripes, you are healed. Can I talk to somebody who's grown up as generational whoremongers, but God said, I'm changing the narrative of your last name. Can I talk to somebody who really needs to know that it's time to come out of your inheritance and get into your promised land. I, I need you to understand that Abraham had an inheritance and, and the Bible says faith without works is dead. So we see in the text that Abraham by faith obeyed when he was called out of the place which he would have received an inheritance. Mm -hmm. Even though he had things like the comfort of a home. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine being given a mansion and God said nah that ain't yours. Let's go. Yeah, and you, and you sitting there looking. How many of us would truthfully leave the mansion and go seek what God said for us? Yeah, how many of us would truly say, God, uh, or how many of us would tell our, tell our minds that that must be the devil talking to me? I got all this money here. I got all this fame here. I got this nice house. I got this nice ride. And, and that can't be God telling me that it's time to get up and go. That can't be God telling me that he got something else for me. God, do you see what I got right here? But if we operated by faith, we know that God is not bound by your possessions. We know that God was not bound by what man promised you. God is bound by what his promises are. And if God's promises are yea and amen, then by faith you gotta step out and walk. By faith you gotta get up and see who God is. If he's Jehovah Jireh, your provider, you gotta get up and walk. If he's Jehovah Nisi, your banner of victory, I don't care if generational loss happen in your family, you gotta stand up and say, God, you're my victory. God, you're my keeper. God, you're my protector. And I'm standing up and walking by faith. Somebody understand that prayerful faith Faith. Faithful prayer is where I'm headed. See, somehow we got to realize that, uh, that, that Abraham had to walk away from the comfort of his home, mm -hmm. the comfort of social status. Yeah, that, that seems to be the new norm. I'm, I'm popular on Instagram. I'm popular on Facebook. I'm popular on Twitter. I, I got the numbers, but when God says cut it off and shut it down, are you willing to see the same that when God says I got something better for you than, than a half a million followers on Instagram? I got something better for you than a half a million followers on Twitter and on Facebook. I got a half a million, I got more than a half a million followers for you than TikTok. What are you ready to do? Because the social status you leave in and the legacy that's being left because of who you were, it, it changes when God's name gets attached to yours. See, Abraham had the legacy of being his father's son and whatever accolades that came along with that. We know that Abraham's father was rich because when Abraham left, he took riches with him. He, he packed up everything. But somehow Abraham, get this, believed the voice that he was communicating with was life-changing. And because it was life-changing, he was willing to leave it all behind. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes you got to realize that life-changing voice in your life. When God is speaking, that your life is about to get flipped upside down. It may cause a little adversity to start off with. It may cause a little hurt. or It may cause a little stretching. It may cause a little pulling. But when God said, I'm taking you from where you were in that land of inheritance. See, everybody thinks that inheritance just means that you're gaining possessions. But inheritance can be a whole lot of things. You can inherit lying from your father. You can inherit drug use from your father. You can inherit drinking from your father. You can inherit whoremongers from your father or your mom. You can inherit a bunch of things from the family that you're around. But God said, I'm calling you from your inheritance and I'm putting you in your promised land. I'm declaring that I'm going to walk you from here and I'm taking you to where I got for you. Somebody say, I got to go to my promised land. I got to go to my promised land. And, and see, that life-changing voice uh, caused him to leave everything behind. But guess what? Mo Abraham still experienced living in tents and going through trials and tribulations. Yeah, don't think that just because God said you're going to your promised land, that means that it does not come with adversity. Yeah, the, the enemy does not want you to get to your promised land experience. The enemy does not want you to believe by faith that God is getting ready to release you into your new, your breakthrough. God, the enemy will throw all manners of tests to you. He'll send Pharaoh to come after your wife. He'll send Pharaoh to, he'll send all manners of people that are trying to cross you up and switch you up. How many people understand that by faith you got to be able to stand? Uh, the Bible says in Ephesians, after all you, after doing all that you can, all you can do is stand. What are you standing on? You're standing on the promises of God. You're standing on faith, being the substance of things hopeful and the evidence of things not seen. You're standing by faith on the will of God, the purpose of God, and the plan of God. You're standing on prayerful faith. You're standing there saying, God, by faith, I'm coming to your throne. God, by faith, I'm dealing with you. And God, I'm going to stand right here by faith, believing that you're doing something different in my life. See, getting to this land that Abraham went to with Isaac and Jacob and living as if he was a foreigner. Can, can you imagine that this place that God took Abraham to where he set up shop in, but he could not possess it. He sold the blessing, but he could not grab it. And sometimes you got to know in order for when you see the blessing, God is simply saying, are you willing to stay the course with me? I'm not giving it to you right now, but are you willing to walk this journey with me? Yeah, it may cause you to get pierced a little bit, but are you willing to set up shop and wait till I release it in your life? Are you willing to stand by faith and say, God, I'm not leaving here until you bless me with it? God, and if you don't bless me with because I was obedient to you I know you're going to bless my child with it I know you're going to bless my legacy with it I know you're going to bless my generations with it Because God establishes the things in the right time And faithful prayer causes divine movement Yeah, faithful prayer causes divine movement He calls Abraham to get up and leave And, and change the course of where his life was But get this, we finally see the impossible happened with Sarah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, scripture says, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful whom had promised. 
Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars in multitude. The stars in the sky in multitudes, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. See, we know from the story Sarah had not been able to conceive. We, we know that in the midst of a promise, she wavered in her faith and, and caused an entanglement of her own. And anybody realize that, that Sarah caused an entanglement in her life that, that, that she created? It wasn't that her husband wanted somebody else, but she did not operate in faith initially, and she gave up her handmaiden. She gave up her mistress to be Abraham's next wife, and because she gave up the mistress, Abraham had a child that was not the promised child but received a blessing because he was a seed of Abraham how many people know that just because some things that you gotta live by faith with but when you operate outside of faith it causes things to happen prematurely it causes bastards to be built in your life when God is saying I need you for something else it causes things that are not supposed to happen to happen in your life all because of your disobedience and your unbelief but I'm getting ready to burst something in your life because we know that in the midst of her promise she wavered in her faith and caused any entanglement but because the promise had already been declared the birth had to take place too often we miss the mark and the opportunity to activate real faith why because we put more stock in the circumstances of our lives instead of the word spoken over our lives oh somebody missed that real quick too often we look at our situations and we look at our circumstances and say God you can't do my life because I'm broken. God, you can't do this in my life because I've been a sinner. God, you can't do this in my life because of where my family came from. God, you, I think I heard you, but I don't believe you, God. And because the circumstances of our lives were, uh, uh, stand out more than we miss the word that's been spoken over our lives. What word has been spoken over your life since the foundations of the world? You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in his image and his likeness. See, these are the affirmations that was spoken over you since the foundation of the world, that you were created in the likeness and in the image of God. Yeah, the, the, the Bible did not tell Sarah that she was too old, but because of Sarah's life experiences, because of what Sarah had already been through, that she felt like she had a barren womb, because she felt like she was too old to have a child, that, that, that she somehow mistook or misinterpreted what she thought God was saying. But too often do we miss that mark because we misinterpret what God is saying in our life. God is calling you out from darkness into his mind. Like he didn't call you to stay in there and try to operate for him. He said, I'm calling you separate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the reality is that 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 Sarah was old and she was past the age of childbearing. But the promises of God said she would conceive. And when it happened, she had to reset her mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, too, too many times we don't want to reset. Yeah, we 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 come and say, God. I believe you, but but this is what my life looks like. And then when God blesses us, we we look like we 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 take the miracle, but then we go back living the same way. 
Yeah, we, we, we take the blessing and we don't, it does not increase our faith. It simply tells us that, that, that we can go back and do what we want to do. But, but Sarah had to reset her mind and stand on faith to produce that thing that God called her to birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine Sarah being in her 80s and 90s and, and getting to that place where she had labor pains? Who, who street am I caught coming down real quick that, that, that she had that feeling? Because this is the crazy part before I jump into this next part. She had faith that she would, that she did not have faith that she would get pregnant, but she had faith in the act that made her pregnant. Oh, somebody missed that. She, she, yeah, because she didn't just get pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so she had faith in the act of the pregnancy. She just didn't have faith that she would get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe she thought that her eggs were no longer fertile. Maybe she thought that her womb was no longer productive. Yeah, I'm coming down somebody's street real quick because somebody needs to know. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care what you've been through in life. I don't care if you male or female. I don't care. But, but when God said it's time to burst something through you, that you got to stand by faith and say, God, I'm standing here waiting for the labor pains. I'm standing here waiting to see what you want to do. Why? Because faithful prayer will cause a supernatural birth in your life. Faithful Faithful prayer will cause a supernatural birth in your environment. Faithful prayer will cause things to shift that cause birthing in your finances, that will cause birthing in your household, that will bring you back into right relationship with God. If somebody can stand by faithful prayer and understand that there's a supernatural birth on the inside of you, somebody declare, I got a supernatural birth. I got a supernatural birth. I, I'm calling those things that are not as though they were. I'm birthing out something that nations have never seen. I'm birthing out something that people will never expect. My supernatural birth will come out just like Isaac. It will come out as a promise. He will come out as a blessing. He will come out with potential and purpose and already established. The things that God is taking you through is setting you up for a supernatural birth. Yeah, 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 supernatural birth. Mm -hmm. See, do I have about 10 people that can relate that has been something brewing on the inside of you? That God is saying, I'm ready to begin to birth. See, you realize that, that we've been in this pandemic just about nine months. And once nine months hits, what happens? You begin to birth. Yeah, somebody missed that. It takes nine months for a baby to be developed inside the womb, a properly developed baby to be birthed inside the womb. And once that ninth month hit, you guess what you get? You start to get contractions because that thing that's been building up on the inside of you is beginning to push out. But see, somebody needs to know your life may not be what you thought it would be, but God is ready to birth you into newness. You may have heard the voice of God telling you that you to declare who you are. And by faith, you got to be ready to stand on that thing. Do I have about 10 people online that can simply say, I'm ready for my birth, God. I'm ready to come out of my incubation period. I'm ready to birth what you said I'm doing, even if it means that the, the birth path, uh, that, that I'm birthing past my prime. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm birthing past my prime because you, whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the doctor who said that you incapable of doing it? Or are you going to believe God that said you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? What is it that you have that you got to pray by faith? Even if it means moving away and being uh, ridiculed because you don't take the inheritance because you want God's promise. Somebody shout, I'm praying by faith. 
I'm praying by faith. See, see, I'm done with this. And, but the 12th verse sets us up beyond measure for a show of faith today. It says, therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sands which is by the seashore. See, too many of you have been counted out and left for dead. Anybody been counted out in their life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, your, your family don't think you capable of success. Your, 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 your mama said you ain't gonna be nothing but like your daddy. Your, your grandmother said you, you turning out to these streets. You, your, your friends and family, they counting you out every time, every, every mess up that you go through in life. But nobody understands that your mess up are simply your elevation up. Your mess up are your pickup. God said through all that thing that you've been through, if you, if you get to this place that you can rely on me, I came to speak into your life today that God isn't through with you yet. God has not forgotten you. He's getting ready to turn it around and bless every seed planted by you and for you. He's birthing you from almost dead to a place of new opportunities, a place of new jobs, a place of new opportunities, a place of new lands, a place of new visions, a place of new dreams. If God is simply your God, then by faith you gotta believe that he's releasing into the atmosphere everything that you desire, everything that you need to be his student, to be his sovereign, to be his chosen one. He said, I called you out of darkness into my marvelous life. He said, I called you heirs and joint heirs with me. He said, he's birthing you from almost dead to a place of opportunity. He birthed you from almost dead to a place of dreams and visions. Anybody got dreams and visions? Anybody got things that they, that God has been pressing on you? And he birthed you from a place of generational opportunity for you and your family. God is releasing and if you stand by faith, if you pray by faith, God is releasing your opportunities right now because you got to realize that if you told somebody all the dreams and potential God has wrapped up inside of you it would blow somebody's mind see the, the scripture said that there was a number that it, that it was innumerable he said he would number you like the sand is on the seashores. What are some of your dreams and some of your plans and some of the things that God is trying to birth to you? Because get this, 10 toes and 10 fingers isn't enough to hold that promise, that, that thing, that, that seed that's on the inside of you. See, the, the crazy part about the seed is that a seed holds a million more seeds inside of it. The seed has the potential for a million more things to come from that because when you plant one seed, Dominic, when you plant one seed, Bryce, you open up the door for a million more to be released in your life. When you keep planting seed after seed, it might look that this one minute seed, but the Bible says that if you have the faith the size of what? A mustard seed that you can move mountains. So prayerful faith. Praying by faith. God is waiting on your faith to match his power so you can watch what he can do. He's waiting for your faith to match his power. It's 
scripture, Jesus said, O ye of little faith, how long must I be with you? Yeah, but, but if you have faith that starts off the size of a mustard seed, you can't keep that. You can't hold on to that. It grows. But if he said mustard seed faith moves mountains, who am I talking to right now? You've been struggling with your faith. You've been struggling because you want the inheritance, but God is calling you to a promised land. You feel like you've been too old to be experiencing birthing pains, but God said, I'm trying to birth something in this generation from you that's going to carry your legacy from generation to generation to generation. I'm breaking generational curses right now, but you have to go through the labor pain. You have to go through living in your promised land as a foreigner. You got to be willing to close your family up when the world is doing everything else and say, God, I'm going to stand by faith on your word. I'm going to pray by faith with your word. All hearts and minds are full. Father God, in the name of Jesus, at this time and at this moment and at this hour, God, we come to you right now with a heart full of faith. Faith that you said moves mountains. Faith that you said break down strongholds. Faith that you said changes the environment. Faith that you said created the worlds. God, we come to you right now, God, standing as liberty, standing as individuals, standing on the power of your word. And because we stand on your word, because we stand in amazement, we thank you, God, in advance because we're believing by faith. So God, from every person that's under the sound of my voice, whatever they're standing in need of right now, God, I ask God that you touch their heart's desire to have faith. Every man has a measure of faith. So God, I'm asking you right now to increase their faith, increase their faith in their relationships, increase their faith with their relationship with you first and foremost. Increase their level of faith, God. We've all had our Sarah moments where we operated in disbelief. But God, right now, we're asking you to shift it in our lives. And in return, we submit it all back to you. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Listen, as the music plays, I'm, I'm going to ask you five things real quick. You're online, you can do this. The number one thing is, if you have not given your life to Christ, I'm asking you right now to stop prolonging, to stop procrastinating, to stop trying to figure out if God is real. The Bible says that I am the first and the last. 
The Bible says that I sent my only begotten son that whoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The cross was real. Jesus was real. The nail prints in his hands was real. How do I know so? Because my namesake says it in the word that, that, that when everybody came back and said that Jesus had risen, my namesake said, I will not believe it unless I touch the nail prints in his hands. I know that we call him Doubting Thomas, but and I know that Jesus said Thomas believed because he has seen. But I pray, but, but he gives grace to those who believe because they have not seen. But let me ask you this. If you are in disbelief, I'm challenging you right now to say, God, I need to see the nail prints in your hands. God is faithful and just to perform. So you can't say, God, I, 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 I've been out here in this world. I've heard about Buddha. I've heard about Muhammad. I've heard about Confucius. I've heard the atheists. I've heard the agnostics. I've heard all of that. So God, I need to see something from you. Show yourself true in my life. By faith, I'm asking you to, to step out and say, God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son, that he's God personified in the flesh, that he came to the earth, he walked the earth, that he was here, that he lived, he died, and he was risen from the grave. And he died for my sins. And because he died for my sins, I've been washed new. That old man does not exist the new man is raised up. That's number one, asking God to come into you, asking Jesus Christ to come into your life as your Lord and Savior. Number two is that if you backslid, meaning you know who Jesus is, but you walked away from him like the prodigal son did his father. You took your inheritance and you said, I'm going and I'm gone and, and I'm going to spend my money. I'm going to spend all the blessings that you've given me. And, and, and yet you got to a place where you were in a pig pen eating slop. A lot of us have confused steak for slop. <laughs> you know, you can make anything taste any way. But a lot have gotten to a place where slop tastes like steak and they're missing the mark in their life. The prodigal son got to a place and said, you know what? It's better to work in my father's house than it is for me to live in the pig pen. Jesus said, you don't have to work. He said, but once you become, once you come back to me, you'll be the heir and the joint heir with me. For those that need rededication of their life, simply say, God, I've left, but I'm here. All brokenness, all the hurt, all the trauma, everything, but I'm back. And just like the father, the prodigal son, the Bible says that he told his servants to go get a robe, go get the family ring, and we're going to have a feast. The Bible is rejoicing for, number one, the sinner that came into the body. Number two, the backslidden person that came back to God. And then number three, if you need healing for your body, your mind, and your spirit, 
The Bible says in Isaiah 54 and 5 that he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. That scripture is talking about your soul manifestation, but it's also talking about the healing of your body. It's talking about the healing of your mind. If you receive Jesus Christ and you accept him as a healer, as the balm in Gilead, as your, and the Bible says that uh, healing is the children's bread, if you partake of it, God said that he can heal your body and make you new. The woman with the issue of the blood simply touched his garments and she was made whole. Not just healed, but made whole. It's time for you to have your touch his him moments. Number four, if you've never received the Holy Spirit in your life, Jesus said that I go to prepare a place and while I'm gone, I'll sing you a comforter. I'll sing you one that will be your comforter and your guide. Your comforter and your guide. He will bring to your remembrance all things which you have seen and heard. The Holy Spirit is part of God and it is God. And so when he comes into your life, he does a shift and a transformation. The Bible says that do not leave the city until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. For you shall receive power. Power from on high. There's a power that you receive from the Holy Spirit. It's not just an emotional feeling. It's not just the speaking in tongues. It's a power that comes upon you that changes the course of your life. Simply say, Lord, I receive your spirit. Come into me. In Jesus' name. The last thing, and we're out of here. If you're looking for a church home that's Bible-believing, that's Bible-based, that's going to love on you with the love of God. That's going to teach you biblical principles for your life right now. Liberty would love to have you. We're a growing ministry, but we're a ministry of heartfelt, dedicated Christians. We believe by faith, we speak by faith, and we sow by faith into the kingdom of God. If that's you, reach out to us. You can text us, you can email us, go to our website, whatever you want to do. But we're here for you. If you're on Facebook, leave us a message. Inbox one of us. And we're here. And as we close our service, if you want to sow into liberty, you'll see our information right now being posted. You can sow into uh, liberty. You're sowing into fertile ground. You're sowing into righteous ground. You're sowing into a growing movement. You're not sowing just for a financial blessing, but you're sowing because you believe what's happening here. I'm going to close out with prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word, God. We thank you for the desire to come in and worship. Now, God, as we, at the same way we came into worship, let us leave to serve God. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do. We thank you, God, for sending angels already dispatched into our homes that is causing a shift to take place right now. We thank you, God, for those that are listening uh, uh, via the internet, God, that you're causing things to shift in their environment right now. Nothing happens by happenstance, and we believe that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord that are called according to his purpose. We believe by faith, we talk by faith, we sow by faith, and we walk by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen, amen, amen. And as we leave, I'm going to leave you with these last...
three things. Live on purpose, live for purpose, but most importantly, live in God's purpose. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. Be blessed and go in peace.